European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 39, Issue 8, Focus Issue on Valvular Heart Disease, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Cutting-edge research on transarterial valve implantation, moving indications, complications, and current outcomes. The management of valvular heart disease has seen an impressive change over the last decade. The development of transarterial valve implantation, or TAVI, has attracted a lot of interest and stimulated research not only in this novel technique, but also in the pre-interventional assessment, follow-up care, and outcomes of receiving patients. This focus issue is therefore devoted to this topic, beginning with The Year in Cardiology 2017, Valvular Heart Disease, by Lars Sondergaard and colleagues from the Rijkshospitalet in Copenhagen, Denmark. The authors remind us that the new joint European Society of Cardiology and European Association of Cardiothoracic Surgeons guidelines on the management of valvular heart disease was published in 2017. Of note, these guidelines are presented in a new format, are more focused, and are linked to the upcoming ESC textbook of cardiovascular medicine. The main changes concern the role of TAVI, indications for surgery as well as medical therapy. The guidelines present a new concept of heart valve centres with recommended requirements including multidisciplinary teams with competencies in various interventions and diagnostic techniques for valvular heart disease, the availability of important collaborative services, standardised processes and recording of performance data. Some of the changes in the latest guidelines are highlighted in this article. Initially, TAVI was primarily considered in patients deemed unsuitable for surgery. Due to the impressive success of TAVI, patients at lower surgical risk have been increasingly considered. This raises the question to what extent TAVI indications should be expanded a topic that is addressed in a timely review entitled TAVI in Lower Risk Patients, What is the Perspective? by Giuseppe Tarantini and colleagues from the Università degli Studi di Padova in Italy. Increased operator experience, technical advances in the new generation of TAVI valves and excellent results after implantation have led to the expansion of indications for TAVI as an alternative to surgical aortic valve replacement in intermediate-risk subjects. It appears timely, therefore, to examine the role of TAVI in low-risk patients, currently the objective of ongoing randomised trials. This review summarises current knowledge on TAVI in low- to intermediate-risk patients and discusses the potential advantages and pitfalls of it in this clinical setting. The impact of the number of procedures and increased experience on complications and today's in-hospital mortality of patients undergoing TAVI is further analysed in the fast track Outcome After Transvascular Transcatheter Aortic Valve Implantation in 2016 by Helga Mullmann and colleagues from the St. Johannes Hospital in Dortmund, Germany. More than 15,000 TAVI procedures were performed in 2016 in Germany. Interestingly, post-procedural complications declined within the last years 
including new pacemaker implantations and vascular complications. Thus, in 2016, the overall in-hospital mortality rate after TAVI averaged 2.6%, which is for the first time numerically below that of surgical aortic valve replacement with 2.9%. Importantly, in-hospital mortality was significantly lower after TAVI than after surgical valve replacement in the very high, in the high, and in the intermediate risk group, and equaled that of surgical aortic valve replacement in low-risk patients. Thus, these impressive results are likely to contribute to a redefinition of the standard of care of patients with aortic stenosis in the future. Life-threatening complications necessitating emergent cardiac surgery may occur during TAVI. In their manuscript, Incidents and Outcomes of Emergent Cardiac Surgery During Transfemoral Transcatheter Aortic Valve Implantation, or TAVI, Insights from the European Registry on Emergent Cardiac Surgery During TAVI, or Eurex TAVI, Holger Egebrecht and colleagues from the Cardioangiological Center Betanien in Frankfurt, Germany, analyzed the risks and outcomes of patients needing emergent cardiac surgery during or immediately after TAVI on a real-world multicenter registry involving 27,760 patients. Of these, 0.76% of patients required emergent cardiac surgery. The risk of emergent cardiac surgery declined from 2013, with a value of 1.07%, to 2014, with a value of 0.70%, but has remained stable since. Leading causes for emergent cardiac surgery were left ventricular perforation by the guide wire and annular rupture. Immediate mortality of transfemoral TAVI patients requiring emergent surgery was 35%. Overall, in-hospital mortality was 46% and the highest with annular rupture with a value of 62%. Independent predictors of in-hospital mortality following emergent surgery were age above 85 years, annular rupture, and immediate emergent surgery. One-year survival of the 114 patients surviving the in-hospital period was only 40%. These important findings are further discussed in an editorial by Craig Smith from the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Columbia University in New York, USA. There are limited data on coronary obstruction following TAVI inside failed aortic bioprostheses. In a research paper, Incidents, Predictors and Clinical Outcomes of Coronary Obstruction Following Transcatheter Aortic Valve Replacement for Degenerative Bioprosthetic Surgical Valves, Insights from the Vivid Registry, Danny DeVere and colleagues from St. Paul's Hospital in Vancouver, Canada, aims to determine the incidence, predictors, and clinical outcomes of coronary obstruction in TAVI procedures. 1,612 procedures from the Valve in Valve International Data Registry were evaluated. The virtual transcatheter valve to coronary ostium distance was determined. 2.3% of the patients had clinically evident coronary obstruction. Coronary obstruction was more common in stented bioprostheses with externally mounted leaflets or stentless bioprostheses 
than instented with internally mounted leaflets bioprostheses. Valve to coronary ostium distance was shorter in coronary obstruction patients with a value of 3.2 millimeters than in controls with a value of 6.3 millimeters. Stentless or stented bioprosthesis with externally mounted leaflets had an odds ratio of 7.7 for coronary obstruction. Using CT data, a shorter valve to coronary ostium distance predicted this complication with an optimal cutoff level of 4 mm. Coronary obstruction was associated with a high 30-day mortality of 53% compared to 4% in controls. Thus, coronary obstruction following valve-in-valve TAVI is a life-threatening complication that occurred more frequently in patients with prior stentless or stented bioprostheses with externally mounted leaflets and in those with a short valve to coronary ostium distance. The clinical implications of these findings are put into context in an editorial by Bernard Lung from the Bichat Hospital in Paris, France. Myocardial fibrosis occurs in response to mechanical, inflammatory, and ischemic injuries to the heart muscle and has impact on outcomes. In a final manuscript, reappraising myocardial fibrosis in severe aortic stenosis, an invasive and non-invasive study in 133 patients, Thomas Alexander Tribal and colleagues from the Heart Hospital Imaging Centre, University College London Hospitals in London, UK, investigated myocardial fibrosis in 133 patients with severe aortic stenosis using invasive biopsy and cardiovascular magnetic resonance with late gasolinium enhancement and extracellular volume fraction quantification non-invasive imaging. Intraoperative left ventricular biopsies were obtained. Myocardial fibrosis occurred in three patterns. 1. Thickened endocardium with a fibrotic layer. 2. Subendomyocardial microscopic scars. and 3. Diffuse interstitial fibrosis. Collagen volume fraction was higher than in controls and in endocardium-containing samples with a decreasing collagen volume fraction gradient from the subendocardium. Late gadolinium enhancement correlated with collagen volume fraction but not extracellular volume fraction. However, both correlated with N-terminal pro-brain natriuretic peptide and high-sensitivity troponin T. High extracellular volume fraction was also associated with worse left ventricular remodeling, LVEF, and functional capacity. Combining high extracellular volume fraction and late gadolinium enhancement better identified patients with adverse left ventricular remodeling, blood biomarkers, and histological parameters, and worse functional capacity than each parameter alone. Thus, Myocardial fibrosis in severe aortic stenosis is complex. A combined multiparametric approach with extracellular volume fraction and late gadolinium enhancement allows best stratification according to the response of the myocardial collagen matrix, findings that are further discussed in an editorial by Robert Manker and Alexander Gotchi from the University Hospital Zurich in Switzerland. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.